I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Nick Armstrong, a serial entrepreneur and leader uh, and lead organizer of Fort Collins Startup Week. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kyle. I appreciate you inviting me on. Thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me about all your different jobs and what it's like to do so many th- different things at once? All my different jobs is a good way to put it. <laughs> um, I'm the executive director of Howdy Neighbor Events, which is um, the umbrella organization and nonprofit for Fort Collins Comic Con and Fort Collins Startup Week. Um, so I'm the lead organizer for both of those. And then my marketing business, WTF Marketing, um, I've been involved in for 13 years. Um, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I am also the, um, I am also the, uh, organ, the CEO of, uh, for the win hot sauce. And so that's sort of been a new thing that's taken off this year. So what kinds of things do you actually do day to day at work? You know, that's a, <laughs> it, it changes every single day. Every, every day is, is different and new. Um, and it's something that I purposefully put together into my life just so that I would have a lot of different options to do things and, and have a lot of different fun projects to work on. So uh, a day focused on Comic-Con might be reaching out to artists and vendors and trying to get them coordinated to do a particular project or to work together in a certain way. For Startup Week, it would be working with small business owners to talk about needs in our community and how to organize different uh, types of entrepreneurs together to create a different type of educational experience and one we've had before. Um, for, for the win hot sauce, it might be going out and testing hot sauces and, and checking out new ingredients and new flavors. And for the marketing business, it might be in, in engaging with a client and checking out some graphic design with them and making sure that some bit of copy, a, a phrase or a blog post or a tweet might be right up in, in line with what they were looking for. Cool. So when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work and like all these different jobs? (laughs) I, when I was young, started up my first business called Armstrong Anything Service. And it was just a ridiculous business. I, I was mowing lawns and doing other things like that and creating websites. And basically if I could do it, um, I would charge people for it. <laughs> and, and I knew nothing about business at the time. I just knew that I was wanting to work for myself and I didn't really have any other compunction besides that. Um, when I got to college at CSU, um, I graduated in, in 2007, um, when I was in my first semester, second semester, I saw an advertisement for the local radio station, KCSU, and decided that that was going to be a lot of fun. And so I went and new DJs, they put you on it at four or five o'clock in the morning and you just learn the ropes and they figure if you're going to mess up four o'clock in the morning is a really good time to mess up. (laughs) What I found out was that there are a lot of trash, uh, trash folks and, um, donut makers, bakers, um, and all sorts of different folks that are out there, um, listening at the radio at that time. And they want a very particular type of music. They want it loud and they want it fast and, uh, anything else puts them to sleep and you don't want your, your garbage person falling asleep behind the Mm -hmm. wheel. So, um, or your donuts to be less sugary than they would normally be otherwise. So Mm -hmm. we, uh, we, we, we did a lot of really fun, fast music there. 
And so I, I think that was really the start of my, my marketing and really talking to people and getting engaged in that way. So that, that was really the time when it took a, a divergent path and what I had assumed was going to be my career, which was programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you like most and least about your job? I like the variety. <laughs> I dislike that so many of the things that I do require a lot of focus. And so in that way, it's really hard to delegate. Um, so as an entrepreneur yourself, you know that a lot of working for uh, yourself is figuring out things on a spreadsheet or figuring out a schedule, doing the thing, and then getting yourself some leverage. So you have the ability to um, you know, record a video and then have it played back later. So you, don't, you can scale it in that way. Your time is not the only thing that you're pouring in. With Comic-Con um, and Startup Week, a lot of the things that I do are not scalable in that way. Um, they are not repeatable. Um, you can make a process for it and teach others. So in that way, you have to recruit a lot of volunteers for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that that's a, that's a key frustration, but it's also an opportunity too, because each event is different and each event has different challenges. And if you did automate it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't roll the same way. Um, so it's, it's a challenge and it's frustration um, that I tend to dislike quite a bit when I'm in it, but when the end results come through, it's really pretty rewarding. Hmm. Now a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Kids Green Team, a business startup kit I created with my friend Micah. Here's the problem we learned about that we couldn't ignore. Your city doesn't recycle plastic grocery bags, shipping air pillows, bubble wrap, and other plastic like that. Whether you throw them in the trash yourself or put them in your curbside recycling bin, they're headed for a landfill, or worse, the ocean. But that's where my friend Micah and I come in. We've built an entire course to teach kids like us how to turn this unnecessary waste into a successful business, profitable from month number one. Check it out at kidsgreenteam.com. Let's do some good together. Okay, now back to the show. So I know you kind of talked about this a bit, but like, did you consider other jobs or careers before these? Um, and can you tell us a bit about the path you took to get here? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was the world's worst programmer. Um, and one of your, your last episodes, you had a developer on and, and um, how he talks about building apps and software as a service. Mm-hmm. I really... I, I thought I wanted to do that. Um, and when I was little, I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, I want to do that. I want to I want to make games. I want to make people happy and, and make games. Um, so my dad, who was a, a programmer, um, put me in front of a, a C compiler. And I don't know if you know what that is, but it's basically it's a it's all text based. And you have to type in the programming language and try and get everything right. And there's no graphical anything at all, at all. Um, And so just to figure out how to draw something on the screen was really difficult. And I just got so put off by that, that I didn't, I didn't want to pursue it. Fast forward to CSU where I was, I had a dual degree in marketing and CIS, which is basically like um, managing other programmers, um, computer information systems. And so I did quite a bit of programming. Um, I was really bad at the programming aspect. I was really good at the management aspect and that should have been telling, 
but I didn't know what it meant. And a lot of the folks that were in the college business know that you're sort of like figuring things out as you go. There are some wonderful mentors there now um, who can help guide more entrepreneurial folks like you and, and me um, into other things and other avenues and really pursue those projects. So I actually went through 12 jobs, um, 12 programming jobs. <laughs> I was only fired from three of them. Um, and the last one, I, I was just not, I was not having it. Um, I was so stressed out. Um, I had an emergency appendectomy and the doctor looked at me and said, what are you doing with your life? Like, why are you so stressed out? Um, and that sort of was a wake up call. And, and the next, you know, month I pulled my retirement. I pulled my, any, any bit of asset that I had from anything else paid for a month of rent, a month of groceries, paid off the medical bills. And that was it. That was my runway. And so that's when I started WTF marketing. And that was, uh, like I said, 13 years ago. So it seems to have worked. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, You went through a a lot. I mean, every entrepreneur has an origin story. It's sort of, I, you know, I I would love to hear your origin story because there's so, I mean, just getting into, um, you know, teaching folks and fellow, fellow kids, in fact, how to, how to become entrepreneurs is such a noble thing. So I'd love to hear more about that. Okay. Um, I'll make a note of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's some future episode. Kyle Uh will dive into his backstory. (laughs) Yeah. So what level of education do you have? Was that required for your job? I would say, um, so my, my personal education, I graduated from CSU in 2007 um, with a Bachelor of Science degree um, in marketing and CIS and have a uh, minor in media studies. Mm-hmm. The minor was more for fun and because I had extra space to fill out the experience of, of college. I don't, I have a huge amount of respect for people who go through the, the, the college process and I have a huge amount of people of respect for people who go through the, um, the skills trainings and everything else that you could hands-on apprenticeships, um, things like that. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that you have to have for my Mm -hmm. job, um, as a marketing guy or as an event manager or as a hot sauce maker, um, any sort of formal education in that you could have learned experience very easily and do very well. And I know a number of folks who do just that. Um, and, there's in, in our world, it's more about what are the specific skills that you're really good at? What have you honed? Um, how do you communicate and what's your specific medium? So there are some folks that are really good at marketing and video or some folks who are really good at marketing and text. And you have to honor the sort of intrinsic knowledge and skill set that you have. Um, while also like, you know, expecting that you're not going to be the best at every single format that's out there. Um, and just knowing your limits and subbing that out for other things. So how much money would someone starting out in your field expect to make and what's the long-term income potential? Sure. So uh, <laughs> I started out broke um, and having just paid off medical bills. And so my income potential is very low at that point because I was just trying to pay for groceries and rent. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was building, I was building websites for you know, $150, Mm. $250. Uh, And, you know, you build a website, you get, you know, that week's groceries, you build a website, you you can get two or three of them, you can pay for rent, not so much anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, As I 
grew as an entrepreneur and as I gained more experience, the things that I knew became more valuable and the what's and where's and why's of what I knew became more valuable. Um, and my network became more valuable. So I was able to ask for more. Um, and I made a habit of every contract that I gained after a certain point, like about a year in business, I started doubling my rate um, and just hit this point where I, I knew what I could ask for a project um, and knew that I wasn't going to be leaving money on the table. Mm -hmm. um, and now I just work on projects that I really care about. And so I, I still bill folks about, you know, my clients, I, I bill them fairly for what I am doing, but um, long-term I, I would, if you're, it's, it's so dependent on if you're an entrepreneur or not, in my experience, I was earning, I would say probably around 50,000 the first year that I was in business. Um, and that was just various contracts that I had sort of piped together. It wasn't all from one single source. It was from different projects that I had pieced together. Um, and since then it's grown sort of exponentially. Um, I would say that there's, there's a limit in terms of how much time and effort you can give to a project without it overwhelming your entire life. Um, and work-life balance is pretty important too when you, and that's why most of us choose to work for ourselves. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, the long-term potential is how much are you able to scale what you're doing and how much are you able to provide leverage for yourself to, to put your efforts and time and money into other people who can do similar work. Um, and, and bill for their, their time as well, and then pay them and compensate them fairly. So how much free time do you have? Like do you work a traditional 40 hour work week more or less? I don't, I don't think I ever stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really unhealthy. Um, mm. it, it's, I don't view what I do as work. And that sounds very like mm -hmm. Tim Ferriss of me, like four hour work week, you know, like I get it. I, I don't, um, I don't view making hot sauces as work. Um, I view when I go out and, and do like a market or something like that, that's work. Um, cause I'm not, not necessarily intrinsically doing the thing that I want to be doing at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say that the majority of what I do has a great degree of flexibility to it. And there are a lot of projects that have hard deadlines, events, especially when I have to be there and work a lot in order to get the things done. And all of our volunteers are on hand and our team is doing amazing things. Um, and I mean, that's how we've, he, we raised over $120,000 for the Poudre River Public Library District with Comic-Con. Because mm -hmm. um, we're all willing to, to do that. None of us are getting paid for it. Um, but it is a tremendous amount of work. So ultimately, I would say there's a lot of flexibility. But to do the big projects, you have to be willing to invest the time and the effort to do them. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for their job? There's a lot of follow your passion, follow your heart, listen to your you know, inner critic or whatever. Mm -hmm. What I would say is do what you've done. Start a project and see how it goes. Learn, be willing to fail. Um, trust that you don't, necessarily know all the answers up front and that there's a lot to learn. Um, the, the biggest thing I would say is just like my experience with programming, I suspect that if I had the tools that exist now with the iPads and, and a lot of the visual 
learning for programming, if those had existed or had, I had had a teacher that was willing to walk me through some of that stuff when I was younger, I think I would have been a programmer. Um, so the teachers in your life are very important and who you choose to teach you, which skills are really important. So beyond just building out the project and doing the things and learning, learning everything that you can, um, and trying it out and having that material that that end product at the end. So whether it's a podcast or, um, a poster that you've designed or a business that you've created, it doesn't matter what the scale is. If you've done the work, show it off and, and showcase it for later. Also pay attention to who's teaching you what, and if it's working for you, if you find yourself completely, you're like, I do not like that topic. I don't like that kind of work. Try and find another teacher who maybe teaches it in a different way. And that can change your entire outlook on everything. Good advice. Um, so this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, actually a best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. Um, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Invest a lot in my ability to learn and also my willingness to be uncertain about things. And that sounds kind of funny. Like it's not a monetary investment. <laughs> it's an investment of faith. I think mm -hmm. um, faith in yourself to, to be okay with being wrong or, or look foolish or whatever it is. Um, you know, two years ago or three years ago when I took over startup week um, I was working with the team and I said, yeah, I do not want to be the organizer of this thing. I don't want to do it. And it was because I knew how much work went into events like that. And I knew what it was when I went into it. I just didn't. And I, when the community approached me about that, the various members who I talked to who were, you know, we need this, we need that. I would like to do these things, whatever it was. Um, they all had the same message of, well, if not you, <laughs> then who is it going to be? Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that if I put myself into a situation where I was organizing in a, sim a similar way to how I had managed Comic-Con, I was going to fail. So what I did was turned it around and put a lot of emphasis on building the team. And I invested a lot into coffee meetings and going out and meeting people and making a lot of, you know, and I'm sort of an omnivert. So for me, that was very draining to go out and meet all of these different people mm -hmm. um, and bring them all together and connect them and, and remember all of the things that they had to offer. Um, and it turned out to be a really rewarding thing. So it, it led to a completely different tenor of the event and a completely different aspect of how to build an event together. Um, and so we co-created the, the team and I co-created the event, um, from scratch using all of our different skills. And it created a really unique version of what startup week became. Um, and so I'm really proud of that. And I think that the team is as well. Um, it's, it's something that required a lot of faith to be invested in. So is there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life? Um, everything. <laughs> and I, um, entrepreneurs, and I don't know if you feel this way too, Kyle, but we have this, when something's done mm -hmm. and it's like complete, it's like it never happened mentality. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I recorded that video 
and now I've, you know, I've, I've got that class or I've got this thing, I've got it mm -hmm. out there. And now, now what? <laughs> like, okay, maybe it's making money or maybe it's whatever. Like I made three hot sauces this year and it had been a dream since high school to do something with hot sauce or salsa or whatever else. Um, that was my aspirational business. I knew nothing about food safety, knew nothing about commercial kitchens until I took over startup week. And I started learning a lot more about that. And it was, it became incumbent that I do this thing because I had the skills now, but if you have that similar, like once it's done, it doesn't exist. It might not have ever, I might just might've, it would never was on my radar to begin with. Like now it's done. Great. Um, what's next that is a, a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I, I think yeah. that, um, I think that that is the biggest, the biggest question that most entrepreneurs have to deal with is when we are done with a thing, how do we, how do we move on healthily? Um, and with regard to good mental health and, and physical health and also time off and space to create and creative health, right. To create the next great thing. Mm -hmm. Um, how do we give ourselves that? And what does that look like? So I don't know if that answers your question, but it's something I've been thinking a lot about lately as I create more and more stuff and put more things out into the world. It just is a, a driving question to make better things mm -hmm. and make things that last long and have intrinsic value beyond having completed them. Um, and going beyond that, like completionist, like, oh, I ran a 5k and it's like, I didn't run it, you know, like <laughs> I got my medal and I hung it on the wall or whatever, like, great. Mm -hmm. Now what? Um, and so I, I have this behind me, this, uh, my first dollar I ever earned and a quote that, um, the person who gave that to me, um, and the things that I thought about at the time. Um, and I actually wrote an entire blog post about the idea that giving somebody a dollar is like giving, you know, Luke's Luke Skywalker, the lightsaber. Um, it starts them on this fantastical journey. Uh, and so there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with that, I think. Yeah. So was there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way would you like to give that person a quick shout out? I've had so many ridiculously good mentors over the years. Um, the majority of folks in Fort Collins who after I made my, <laughs> my entrepreneurial debut, which is the kindest term I can put on that, um, rough start. I, I would say Ron Zazadinsky, Lori Maycomer, Ava Diamond. Um, and, uh, you know, there's so many others, um, Angel Kiewikowski from Cohere, um, Krista Berry from, um, she goes high. There's so many great entrepreneurs in this town who feed off of each other's energy and also give that energy back into the community. Um, and without such an amazing community to, to draw from, um, you don't have any sort of entrepreneurship community. Mm. So uh, it's, it's a great thing. Um, and I've tried to bring that type of value into everything that I do. So everything I do has some flavor of a mentor that has been you know, influencing me in some way. Nathan Scott, who is my you know, co-founder co of Fort Collins Comic-Con, um, all the volunteers that came up through the, the ranks in that way too. Um, it's, it's not just about sending the elevator back down. It's about being willing to ride down the elevator again and, and try and, you know, experience the different levels with everybody in your organization once again. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 
So knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up? No. <laughs> um, and it's, it sounds like a crass answer, but it's such a, it's, I, I believe in being here and now, and, and I can't be anything other than what I am. Um, and in some ways it's really kind of a healthy outlook and has saved me a lot of grief because mm -hmm. when I ran for, so I ran for city council in Fort Collins, mm -hmm. um, I lost by 33 votes. Mm. The person I lost to, I have a lot of respect for, um, you know, we have a lot of differences in how we would approach problems and how we ask questions and how we process things. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't work together. And I think that that's an, it's, it's a really healthy thing to be able to say, I lost by 33 votes and I didn't leave anything on the table. It was just how the, how it played out. Um, and looking at any setback in your life, when you failed at something, um, when you, when something didn't turn out exactly how you want it to be, um, or it's not perfect, it didn't live up to your expectations. Cool. Start again, do it again. Next time. There's always an, a next time, um, until there isn't. And so, uh, when, when you are doing your best, I think that's all you can ask for. So I wouldn't, I can't, I can't say I would like go back and do a, a thing differently. Mm -hmm. Um, the one poignant story I have to share about that. Um, and I realized I'm getting a little long here, but I will say, um, my friend, uh, Chris, who ran a coffee business, uh, died mm -hmm. from appendicitis. He'd never launched his coffee business, not for lack of trying, but because it wasn't perfect. It wasn't quite right. And I think perfectionism is the enemy of getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, Tim Ferriss has probably said that there are many others who have said that there's so many great examples of perfectionism getting in the way of finishing a thing. So just finish, do get, get to done and then make it better and then make it better and then make it better. It's an iterative process, not a I'm done for once and all and, and good. Um, cause that just never happens. Mm -hmm. So what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work, build things, find people to help find a cause that you care about. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're, it doesn't matter the scope or the scale of the thing, you don't have to write a book in order to become an author yet. Mm -hmm. You can start at learning how to tweet really well, or writing the perfect, um, email introduction or writing a really witty, um, dialogue between two characters, mm -hmm. start and have it done and figure it out as you go and save it off, save everything that you do. Um, whether it's a podcast or, you know, a poster, like I said earlier, or if you run a booth at a farmer's market for a friend, save the experience in your head of what you did and how you did it and what worked and what didn't work. And as you, some people do this through journaling, or some people do it through photo, you know, photo journaling or photo capturing or whatever else, um, doodling illustrations, save your notes. So anything that you do that has some sort of meaningful contribution in your life, save it off. Um, cause you can learn from it. And, um, you know, a lawyer might tell you differently because it might be evidence against you later <laughs> down the line of like, Oh, you actually stole this idea from, but you know, steal like an artist and remember all the stuff. So figure out your particular methodology of doing things. Um, almost every artist I know has learned by tracing and, and starting in that way. And that's borrowing from people who have come before you and done it better um, and learning the skills so you can do it without borrowing. Um, 
And there's nothing shameful in that. So figure out how to do the things in your own way by being okay with failing and borrowing, you know, judiciously from other folks. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Now it's time for the joke of the day. What is fast, loud, and crunchy? Hmm. I don't know, Kyle. What's fast, loud, and crunchy? A rocket chip. A rocket chip. That's, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.